ארל מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שבתורנו וכל הצדיקים האמיתים שוכני עפר. קדוש שמשווה ארץ המה ומשחד לרבנו הקדוש. צדיק יסוד עולם נחנו ומקור חוכמה רבנו נחמן פגה. נא נחנו נחמן נחנו נאומן זכותם תגן עלינו וכל ישראל אמן. So בעזרת השם, today we're going to do the third part of Torah Chaf. We're going to finish off the lesson today. Today is also the Hilula of Yosef HaTzadik. So ברוך השם, we have a big merit to study today. On the first of Tammuz, Baruch Hashem. And tonight's going to be the Hilula of Rabbi Nachman Horodenker, the grandfather of Rabbeinu. So, Bizrat Hashem, light a candle in their merit. Bizrat Hashem, study some Torah. Do whatever you can to draw down the slide of the Tzadik. Bizrat Hashem. Okay, let's hop into it. We start at right after the first paragraph of Ot Yud, section 10. You see Vezehu. Vezehu. And this is what we're going to explain right now. Rabbeinu is going to explain... On a on a verse, um, he's gonna explain in the lesson that we just uh, that we just taught all the ideas that we just brought down according to how it's brought in this verse. And this is an explanation of what it says. Moshe sent angels to the or Malachim messengers basically to Melech Edom to the king of Edom. Malachim, Hanal. Let's see this idea of Malachim. Malachim, Hanal, this is the Malachim that we mentioned above. These Malachim that have the power basically to subdue the evil, etc. Sometimes to completely kill them with the sword, as we were talking about earlier. These are the same angels that we're referring to. Melech Edom, the king of Edom, Kanal. This is the idea of Edom that we talked about earlier, that the Malach receives the strength from Edom in order to punish the, the, the Reshaim. Because this is where the sword is. The sword exists by Edom, Esav. As we know, Yitzchak gave the bracha to Esav, you shall live by your sword. So we know the sword exists by Edom. This is what your brother Israel declares. By the way, whenever this is the verse, we're going through the verse and we're going to explain this entire lesson that we just taught, that Rabbeinu just taught in these past few sections, according to this verse. So, this is what your brother Israel declares. This is Moshe telling Melech Edom. This is what Israel declares. Meaning, these. These malachim, these angels that we're talking about, they are they exist. They are created through the holy sayings of, the, of Israel, through the holy words of Am Israel. It says, "As we talked about earlier, Hashem iten omer. Hashem gives the word basically. The heralds are a mighty host. This idea of uh, these angels are, are are great and mighty." But it's through the sayings of Hashem, basically, uh, that these angels are created. But here, Rabbeinu is taking on this idea that they're created from the holy words of Israel. What we talked about above, the, the, this, this idea. When, when Am Israel gives these words. You know the troubles that we have, Hashem Metzatanu. That we have come across, that we have found, and our forefathers descended down to Egypt. In the verse, it says, specifically, you know, Daika specifically, because all the punishments are through him. And specifically, the exile of Egypt, which is uh, which happened through Pegamamrit, 
as is known, as we know also in, uh, in the running of the Ari Kadosh, the Ari brings down this idea that the entire reason why we were exiled to Egypt was because of the wasted seed of Adam HaRishon, which then became reincarnated. Those souls that Adam had wasted became reincarnated in the generation of Noah, and then because they didn't fix it in the generation of the Dora Flaga, in the generation of dispersion, and then finally in the generation of the Jewish people in Egypt, that's why Yaakov descended, etc., etc. That's the teaching of the Ari Kadosh, and it's very deep. But the entire exile of Egypt was through Pegam Abrit. Pegam Abrit and through the idea of the punishment or through the blemishing of the covenant, Cherebah, the sword comes. Meaning all the punishments come through the sword through Edom. Why and what's the idea of Edom? Edom is a sword. And what's the sword? It's Pegam Abrit. Rabbi is going to prove right now. Bifkinah as explains. A vengeful sword. Um, and then etc. To avenge my covenant, basically. The idea that this sword, this sword and the covenant have a direct connection to each other, that means Pegam Abrit is this idea of the sword of Edom. And this Edom, or basically Edom, is called by this sword. They are referenced by this sword. Basically, by Moshe is telling the king of Edom, the Egyptians mistreated us, and we screamed out to Hashem, Elokeinu, our God, etc., etc., and he heard our voice, and, uh, and he sent us an angel who took us out of Egypt, etc., etc., etc. The Chachamim explain, when it's a reference to Malach, this angel, it's actually not an angel, it's a messenger by the name of Moshe. This is Moshe Rabenu. As we see in Vayikha Rabbah, in the Midrash, I believe. And he took us out. What did that mean? And he took us out? Because the blemishing of the covenant is actually a blemishing of the da'at, the intellect, the mind. As it says in Bereshit, Adam and Adam knew. So what's Adam knew? This is a reference to... Uh, in the Torah, when it explains this idea of that, by Adam Adam and Adam knew, it's actually that he he unified with his wife in marital relations. This idea, so that when you blemish the Brit, you're blemishing that because by Adam and Adam knew is this idea of perfect relations, holy relation, but pegam Brit causes a pegam in that. So we see that that actually is a reference to um, marital relations. And the voice awakens the da'at, the intellect. As it says in Brachot, that the voice awakens the intention. And this is why, this is why we screamed out and we screamed, and Hashem has heard our, heard our voice. Why? Because the voice awakens the da'at, the intellect. And then he sent an angel. This is Moshe, who represents da'at. Because we know Moshe is the aspect of, of da'at. We see in the teaching of the Ari HaKadosh. And then through the revelation of da'at, it's as it's perfect. Through the revelation of da'at, the voice, my bad, Ketikono uh, as and then whenever that is re- revealed in its perfection, meaning there's nothing blemished there. Meaning now through your the, the brit is kodesh and now that is kodesh and we know the voice also awakens the kavanah which is the dat and when it's perfect 
Then he took us out. So now Rabbeinu is going to explain something. This is why one says the Haggadah on Pesach out loud. Because the, revel- the, the redemption from Egypt took, took place, of Egypt took place through the voice. As it says, and he heard our voices. This is why it's called in the name of Haggadah. That the Haggadah is called Haggadah. Why Haggadah? To teach us about rectifying the covenant. As it says, why and he told them of his covenant. And not only that, the essential mitzvah of Lela Seder is through wine, to teach us about rectifying that. As it explains in Gemara Sanedrin, with wine, and fragrance, one is made clever. He's given that. Basically, this idea of wine is able to give one that, or we've that, and as it's the same aspect as tirosh, tirosh wine. Zacha na'ase rosh, hanudat. Zacha, if one merits wine, meaning pure wine, when one drinks wine in holiness, na'ase rosh. He creates a rosh. He's made a head, a rosh, hanudat. And what's a rosh? A head. Head is a reference to dat, which is the mind, which exists in one's head. So we see here this idea of wine is here to coming to teach us. This tikkun that to rectify that, and the voice is coming to rectify this uh, this idea of the brit. So you see here the connection between the brit, the dat, the voice. All that we're saying here, this is the big tikkun Rabban explained. It's a very common thing that breast lovers on Lela Seder on the first on the two nights of the seder that they say the Haggadah out loud or they scream the Haggadah because the voice in which we scream the Haggadah allows us to attain tikkun abrit. The verse continues. Please let us pass through your land. What did that mean? That they wanted to pass through Eretz Israel, to go to Eretz Israel, as we talked about earlier, that through the Torah that one brings down, one merits Eretz Israel, as we saw in section 6 of this lesson. So they wanted to enter Eretz Israel by means of the strength of Edom, as we talked about earlier, because one needs to receive that strength from Edom. To punish the Rishaim, one can only receive the strength from Edom because the sword is by them, as we talked about. So they wanted to enter Eretz Yisrael to the strength of Edom. To receive from them the strength to punish the Rishaim with the sword and with death. In order that they could walk on the pathway of the king, the king of the entire world. That is Hashem. Um, that is Hashem. Not because of the pleasures of this world. Meaning they wanted to do it specifically for Hashem. And this is what it says. We will not go in the field or the vineyard. We will not drink the water of the well. This represents the pleasures of this world. All of this is not our desire. Rather, our will is what? As Moshe Rabbeinu tells the king of Edom, Our will is what? To walk the pathway. That we shall walk the, on the pathway of the king. In order that the rishaim, the wicked people, should not prevent us from walking on the path of the king of the world. That we should not be distracted from the vanities of this world. And Edom said, responded back to them, to Israel, You shall not pass through me. Or I will greet you with a sword. 
כל זאת מחמת מיעוט כוח הקדושה כנ"ל. All of this was because of what? The lacking of strength of holiness. As we saw earlier, that at that time, at that moment, there is a lack of, lacking of, meaning, there is a lacking of strength of holiness. The Malachim don't have much koach to receive the sword from Edom. They can't punish the Rishayim, basically. And this is what it says, We are in Kadesh, a city at the edge of your borders. What does that mean? Meaning, because holiness is at such a low level, it's basically touching on the border of impurity. Because of this, because of this, Edom said back that you should not pass through me. Because one who's on a low level, he cannot provoke the Rishayim, he cannot fight against the Rishayim, because the Rashad devours the Tzadik greater than he. And we saw this idea in Lesson 8 of Likut Moran, this idea that the, the Tzadik needs to be a Tzadik Gamur in order to provoke the Rishayim. This idea that not just anyone can provoke the Rishayim. You need to be a Tzadik Gamur, a person who's not even afraid of sins at their, at their hand, meaning they're not even afraid of committing a sin. They're so pure. Because the Rasha is a storm wind, he can devour something greater than him, even a Tzadik. But not the Tzadik Gamur. We know this idea in Lesson 8. But um, one who's on a low level cannot provoke the Rishayim. And as we see in this lesson, specifically, that you have to receive this, the sword from Edom. And only whenever the strength of Tusha is very high, one can receive the sword from Edom. But because it's very low right now, they cannot punish the Rishayim. Um, and the Jews said back to them, We'll keep up the beaten path. We will send up this beaten path. What are these pathways? The pathways of their hearts. To bring fear into their hearts. Because what did we say earlier? If the holiness is not strong enough, then you can just basically subdue the Rishayim and bring fear into their hearts. If it's not as strong to defeat them and to kill them by the sword, then you can still bring fear. So this is what they wanted to do. And if you drink from our water, what does it mean, our water? This is Edom responding, I believe. If you drink from our water, your waters, this idea of this is a reference to Mishpat, just as it says, let judgment cascade like water. Because what did he say? Sometimes one must, must uh, to flatter the Rishayim in the Gentile courts or to subdue the Rishayim over there in their own court, in the Gentile court. And I will pay full price. What is this in what is How does Unkelus uh, translate this as? And I will pay full price. Their money. Meaning, that is the bribes they receive. Sometimes you must give them money, the Gentile courts, in order to, receive, to take out a mishpat from the crookedness, willingly, basically, with their own will. Meaning, sometimes they're not going to be able to, to punish the Cheshaim. You have to bribe them in order to receive that mishpat which has been crooked. From down below, this holy mishpat which has been swallowed up by the Rishayim, which has been taken by the Klipot and made crooked, so that it can be raised up to its proper place. It is of no concern, with my, with my legs, I shall pass. 
<clears throat> so what is Moshe Rabbeinu? My bad. It was Moshe Rabbeinu was saying this. The Jew was saying back to them. That if we will drink your waters, we will pay full price. And if we, it's no concern, we will walk by leg. You know what I mean? We don't need any of your help, basically. Moshe is telling the king of Edom. Moshe is telling the king of Edom that he didn't want to make any trouble. That they just want to pass through. The, Moshe is telling the king of Edom. I want, what's he really hiding in this, in this verse, in these verses, and Rabbeinu is, is teaching us this. He wants to pass through, I want to pass, and to, to go through, with your strength, meaning with your willingness, to, to make quiet, in order that their words should not enter my feet, what's my feet? It's a reference to the Hamonam, the common people, as we said earlier, if you have no strength to subdue the Rashaim, or to, re- to release the Mishpat, then what? What can you do? Um, if you can't bring fear into their hearts, if you cannot punish them with their judgment, sometimes you only have the strength to make them quiet. Right? So that they should not speak evil before us, as we talked about in Lesson 10. The first, the first part of Lesson 10 speaks about this. So this is what Moshe Rabban was telling Edom. All I want, basically... Is to make them reshame quiet. So that the word should not enter my feet. And what did the feet are referenced to? The Hamonam, the common people. Which are called in the name of legs. It says, All the nations that were at your feet. Meaning the common people are referenced to feet. And what happened? Edom replied back to Moshe, You shall not pass. All of this was because of the little, little of holiness that we had possessed at the time. Because one needs to properly pour out his heart. He needs to pour out his prayer before he brings down the Torah and to bind himself to the Nishamot that are listening to him. And through this, he shall add holiness up above. But because Moshe Rabbeinu, he struck the rock, this idea that he used his own schut when he was praying and he didn't subdue the wickedness of Rishayim with his own schut, as we talked about earlier, then there wasn't enough holiness added up above that he couldn't even silence the Rishayim and Edom wouldn't allow them to pass through their land. As it explained, meaning with the more Neshamot that are there, when you attach yourself to the Neshamot that are listening to the Torah that you're giving, you add holiness above. As it says, with the king's splendor, no, with the multitude of people, the more people there are, the more the king's splendor exists. According to how much holiness there is, same is true of how much illumination of Torah exists. And according to how much of the illumination of Torah is there, same is true of how much strength the Malachim have. The more illumination of Torah, the more strength the Malachim has. And according to the strength of the angels, so too, according to the strength of the angels, then they are able to punish the Rishayim accordingly, the Rishayim who speak against the land. And this is an explanation of the third chapter of Sifra Nine rectifications, precious rectifications, were given over to the beard. What did that mean? Meaning this sage who's sitting in the yeshiva, in the study hall, to teach. Given over to this sage Zaken, which is the aspect of the beard, Zaken, this the sage, the this wise person. Nine rectifications were given over to him. Aleph, 
None of these rectifications that we're going to explain right now. Take the staff. Bet the second one. Gather the congregation. In order to subdue their wickedness. As we saw above. Uh, the third thing. Speak to the rock. What's the rock? The rock of my heart. Speak to the supernal heart. Basically Hashem. They should speak to Hashem that he should... With supplications, meaning don't speak to Hashem with zechut, with saying or mentioning your your good acts, your ma'asim tovim, the mitzvot that you did. No, speak to Hashem like a beggar, as and ask Hashem as from for an undeserved gift. This is the third thing. The fourth thing, le'enehem to their eyes, that it says and you should speak before before their eyes that you should attach yourself to them. Meaning this sage who's about to teach has to attach himself to the souls that are about to listen to him. The fifth thing, to draw down words of fire that we talked about above. The sixth thing, to draw down the Torah that we said above. Seventh thing, through that you create malachim, according to how much strength that you created through all that we mentioned above. The eighth thing, uh, to receive strength from Edom to subdue the wicked people, the Sonaim, the enemies. That's the eighth and the ninth. Tet, lavo le Eretz Israel, canal, in order to come to Eretz Israel, because the Rishaim surround Eretz Israel. And these are the rectifications that were given over to this sage who's about to teach. All that is the Tamar. Um, yeah, I'm going back for reference. All that is hidden, the light gada and not revealed. Remez <clears throat> anishmat. It's a it's a reference or it's hinting to this soul. Berinat Miriam who represents Miriam. Shenistale Kanan who passed um, who passed away basically. Who who this soul whenever he passes away that no longer there's no longer. Beorea Torah, etc., etc., that we talked about. So, the Tamar, Mar, comes from the word Miriam, Mar. This bitterness, we light Galian, it's not revealed, it's hidden, meaning it's concealed, it's passed away, it's no longer revealed anymore. The Beorea Torah are no longer accessible. Ishtechach, what does it mean, Ishtechach? Um, that it is found, it is accessible. Perush, the explanation is like this. It is found right now, meaning through this old, through this sage, basically, who's teaching and who's giving down this Torah, all that which was forgotten through this neshama, which passed and which ceased to exist, which expired, now has been remembered again, has been found accessible again, meaning now that the sage is coming to teach again, all the Be'orea Torah are being accessible again, whereas before, before the sage is coming to bring this Torah, it was forgotten because the neshama was gone. Now the sage is coming to organize and to bring down these nine rectifications. What's the first thing? The first tikkun, uh, the first rectification. What does that mean? Hairs upon hairs in front of the ears until the top of the mouth. What does that mean? When it says hairs, this references se'arot, hairs. Se'arot comes from the word play of the words, it's the same letter, Sha'are Tzion, the gates of Tzion, Yerushalayim, Tzion, Rechinat Mateo Zachar Yishlach Metzion, as we saw in the verse earlier, in the beginning of the lesson, 
Bechinat mate uzcha. The staff of, this, of your strength, Yishlach mitzion, and shall send over from Tzion. This is the first thing that we talked about. The first rectification that Rabbeinu taught. Kachet mate, take the staff. This is mate uzcha. Yishlach mitzion. And where did the mate come from? Tzion. So we see here, Nimin is depending on the word Se'arot. Se'arot is depending on the word Sharet Tzion. And Tzion is where the staff comes from. So that's the first one. Mikame pitre deunin. Mikame pitre deudnin. Which uh, stands in front of the ears. Meaning before they were listening. If Meaning before they listened. If they were able to accept it or not. What happened? Adresha defuma. What did we say about the, the hairs? They go and put those at the top of the mouth. What did that mean? They open up their mouth and they said, Puma, their mouth, and they said, Naase, we shall accomplish. Your mouth preceded your ears. Basically, before they even listened to what they said, the sages said, they accepted what he said already. It's like, Naase venishma, we will do and we will listen. The, the doing, the mouth precedes the ears. The doing comes before the listening. That's the first thing. The second rectification. From one, um, from the hairs above the lip extend from one side to the other. What did that mean? From one uh, side to the other. That means to subdue their wickedness that we talked about above. And with this, we take them out from the from, reshut, from the from the um, the property basically of the sitra from the from the guidance of the yetzer from of the evil forces. And we bring them um, and we enter them um, under the permission and the the reshut, the guidance of the holiness. Reshut obviously depends on the word resha. Comes from the same root. Basically, that we take them out from the side of the sitra acha. And um, basically, these, these neshamot, these souls that are coming to be gathered before the sage who is about to teach the Torah, we have to remove their wickedness from the side of the yetzerah and bring them to the side of holiness. Um, this is what it says when it says from this side to the other side. So that we just did the second thing. That was the second, uh, the second tikkun, as we saw earlier, was to gather the, the congregation and to subdue their wickedness. This is how you subdue it. Meresha, from their reshut, the reshut of the sitaracha, the reshut of tusha. Third thing, tikkunat lita'a, ishtachach mitchoteren nukvin och amalia de la itchazia. So found below the two nostrils is a path which is full, but, not, but does not show de la itchazia. What does it mean, two nostrils? The nose. You should speak to the rock, as it says. It also says, With my praise, I restrain your anger. This is the aspect of the nose. Coming from the word nose. Meaning, with my praise, with the praise with Tfilah, one is able to restrain the anger of Hashem. But this is the idea that the nose represents prayer. The third tikkun is the Tfilah that we're talking about. Right after you subdue the wickedness, what, what must the, the sage who is about to teach do? He must pray with supplications. This is 
this idea that prayer represents a nose, and these, this nose is the reference to these two nostrils in this Zohar. Ochamalia, what does it mean, Ochamalia? A full path. Ki en because there is nothing lacking to those that fear him. Those that fear Hashem have nothing lacking. And this is what it means, Malia, to be filled. Meaning, they have nothing lacking, they're filled, they're filled with everything. And fear, he bechinat fila, represents prayer. Bechinat yirat Hashem yititaral, as it explains, yirat Hashem, the fear of Hashem yititaral is what is what is praised. Praised is the fear of God, meaning titalal, which means praise, but it's a reference to fila. Is yirat Hashem, yirat Hashem, and prayer are one idea. Bechinat chotem, and what's this idea of prayer? Prayer represents the nose that we talked about. Bechinat barichol beyirat Hashem, he shall breathe with the fear of God. This idea of the nose that. Mashiach will be able to have this incredible sense of smell, this fragrance. All his power is going to come through the nose, which is tefillah. They light chazia, but it does not show it in the Zohar. Because how should the prayer happen? You should never make yourself great. You should always make yourself small. And you should not make your prayer contingent upon your merits, upon your good actions. You should not show your splendor before the king, as it says in Mishle. Make yourself little before Hashem. That's the third rectification. And you should pray like a pauper before God. Fourth thing, Tikkun Fourth rectification, What did that mean? The side of the face is covered with hairs. From one side, on the other, to the other side. On both sides, the side of the face is covered with hair. This represents the attachment when the Savior attaches himself to the souls that are in front of him. And they cover him from all sides, basically. What's This is the idea, by the way. They cover him. It's the same idea as covered. Um, it's the same play of the words, mechapin and ischafian, the idea of covering. And I think we saw this in um, Torah Yud Gimel, even, Torah 13, where the tzaddik, whenever he raises these souls, what happens is that his soul is surrounded by the souls of these people around him, all the neshamot of Am Yisrael. So, because the neshama of the tzaddik is yikarai it stands in the middle and needs to be protected. So, all the souls provide a garment for him. So, he's covered around by all these souls. The fifth rectification, What is means like this. Two cheeks are revealed that are like red that are red like a rose. Uh, two cheeks. What does that mean? These are the openings of the heart which are opened. That, that, one, that through these prayers that we talked about and binding, binding, binding oneself to the nishamot that are around this person, the sage. What happens? The rachamim that exists within the supernal heart is stirred up. And what happens? The, the fiery words then come down and are drawn down. Words of fire, which are red like a rose, because red represents fire. This idea, red like a rose, these are the words that come from the Leva Alion. The sixth rectification, 
in one strand, cascading down, are black hairs that are tough, that are very strong, until the chest. This represents drawing down the Torah, which was what we said, the sixth rectification. To draw down the Torah. What is the Torah? It's a reference to what it says in Shirim. Curls that are black like a raven. What are tartalim curls? To play on the words tiletilim. Heaps and heaps of halachot. This is what it says in Erovin. Tartalim is a play on the words tiletilim. And what are tiletilim? It's tiletilim shel halachot. It's brought down in the Gemara. Heaps and heaps of halachot. Piles of halachot. Which are drawn down up until the chest. Ad me'oi. What is ad chedvoi until the chest? Ad me'oi. Until the innards. What did that mean? The innards? What does the innards represent? The Torah. As it says in Tehilim. The Torah is within your innards. And your Torah is within my innards. Or within the innards. This idea that Torah represents the innards that is brought down in Mehanachal. The Sefer, look in the Mehanachal, it explains over there. And um, this idea that Torah represents the innards. And what is the... Um, the hairs represent Taltalim these curls which are black like a raven are representing the heaps and heaps of halachot. So all these hairs are a reference to the Torah and it reaches down into the chest because the chest is a reference to the inner which is the Torah. Vitalian Bechadchuta. What does it mean Vitalian Bechadchuta? Um basically this one strand, I believe. Um Talian, this cascading down. In one strand, basically. What did that mean? Bifrinat usvivav nisara meod. As it says in Tehilim, usvivav, surrounding him, nisara meod. It was very turbulent. What did that mean? That Hashem Yitbach is very precise with tzadikim, like a hair's breadth. When they blemish something, in a hair's breadth, not even a sin, it's the smallest of smallest of things. As en koach bayadam leamshir elu alachot kanan. Hanal, they don't have the strength within them to draw down these halachot. Meaning they have to be completely perfect. They, they can't blemish even kechut asara, a hair's breadth they can't even blemish. And usvivav nisara meod, this is the idea, and surrounding him was very, nisara meod, it was very turbulent. Meaning what's the idea of turbulent? Nisara comes from the word kechut asara, the same idea. They can't blemish even a hair's breadth. Tikun the seventh tikun. Sivan tumaka kevada panun. Lips that are red. Kevada. Sivan tumaka kevada panun. The lips which are red like a rose, itpanun are free of hair. This is a reference to the creating of the angels. That is explained. With the spirit of his mouth, all the legions. Meaning he created, Hashem created all the legions with the spirit, with the ruach, with the spirit of his mouth. Meaning sifvan, the lips, which is the mouth, creates these, um, these uh, what do you call it, tseva'am, these legions, these, uh, these um, angels. Sumaka kevada, which are red like a rose. Vifrinat mesharetav eshlohet. What does it mean, red like a rose? Mesharetav eshlohet, it says, um, flaming red. No, my bad. Meshatav, his attendants, Hashem's attendants, Eshlohet, are flaming red fire. Meaning, Hashem's angels are flaming red. They're red like a rose. This idea that they're on fire. As we talked about above, these Malachim who have the strength now to 
we're going to talk about right now, Tikunat Mina'i, this eighth rectification, Ze'erin Nachtin Machapen Kedala. Short hairs basically rest upon the neck and they cover the back of the neck. Machapin Kedala, they cover the back of the neck. What did that mean? What did the angels do? They receive strength from, they receive their strength from Edom, from the Esav, to subdue the Oivim, the enemies, which turn away the neck. What did that mean? They try to turn away Hashem's neck, basically. Turn Hashem's neck away from us. Hashem's face away from us, I believe. Let's see what it says. Zerin, short, short hairs. This is the strength of Edom. As it says, I have made you small among the nations. Nachtin begarona, they rest upon the neck. What does that mean? This is a reference to the sword that we talked about above that Edom has possesses. Bechinat, as it says, lofty praises of Hashem are in their throats. pifiot and a double-edged sword. Beadam in their hands. That this idea that the throat and vecher pifiot are right next to each other in the verse. There's this connection between them. Resting upon the throat is a reference to this sword. That the Edom has the strength of this sword. Tikunati the ninth rectification. So what happened that we just talked about? That they, these fiery angels from Hashem, they received the strength from the Koach of Edom, from the sword of Edom. Tikunati the ninth rectification. Great hairs and small hairs. They rest. They end, my bad. They end together. This is a reference to Eretz Yisrael, which is divided according to the tribes. As it explains, great small chayot imgdolot with big ones. These are reference to the Shvatim. This idea that the big will be like a, with the small, just like these small hairs, they rest with the big hairs, they end together. Same idea here. Of Eretz Yisrael, which is divided according to Shvatim, some bigger than smaller. And what did that mean with these? He's found to be mighty and strong with these hairs, with this beard, basically. He's found to be mighty and strong. What did that mean? Meaning, when one comes to the aspect of Eretz Yisrael, then he's called mighty and strong. Then, because before one comes to Eretz Yisrael, what did it say in Melachim? Let him. Um, let him that girds his sword, let him who has his sword strapped by his thigh, not boast like the one that takes it off. But afterwards, when he wins the battle, meaning when he's able to take off his sword and to fight the, the battle, then he's called a man of war. Because as long as the sword is still strapped to your thigh and you haven't used it, you're not called a gibor takif. But once you use it to defeat Edom and to come to Eretz Yisrael, because this is what it requires, it requires use, using, bringing down the strength of the Malachim, giving strength, um, implementing strength up there in, in the heavens, giving strength to Hashem, basically, as if to say, to give them strength to the Malachim, to receive the sword from Edom, to subdue the Reshaim, to kill the Reshaim off. When a person does this, then he's called Gibar Takif, and then he's able to merit to enter Eretz Yisrael. As we said earlier, that Eretz Yisrael, it depends upon this idea of subduing those who speak against the land, the Reshaim who speak against the land, which you can only receive that strength 
The Malachim only receive that strength through Edom. So this is where you receive their sword from. And then once you use that sword, then you're called Gibar Takif. This Torah was taught and was said on Rosh Hashanah upon the verse, Ashrei am happy is a nation who knows the shofar blast. But Rabbi Nathan says, But we do not merit to receive from his holy, man, holy handwriting the explanation of this verse according to the lesson that we just taught. And before he taught his Torah, Rabbeinu taught before he, before he gave this Torah, he spoke for a little bit shortly before he gave it about an awesome story that he saw in the place that he saw in a, in a wake or in a dream. And he said that the Torah of these Nine rectifications is an explanation upon this awesome vision that he had just told. Basically, that these nine rectifications, these this Torah that he that he just explained was an explanation upon the 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 this story that he had just told before he gave the lesson. The time will come to explain these matters. In another place, with the help of God, look in Chayyim Oran, chapter eighty-three over there. It explains some awesome things over there about this vision that he gave before this Torah. And um, if you also look at the Parparol Chochma, he he explains that whenever Rabbeinu gave this Torah, that um, and this is recorded in Chayyim Oran as well, that Rabbeinu he started off this Torah by speaking about Eretz Israel, as we see in the lesson that said of Eretz Israel. That a person cannot be called an Ishchai, an Ish Milchama, a man of war, unless he has come and conquered the, the Motiyed, the Bata'aret, those people, the Rishayim, who stand around Eretz Israel, who try to prevent a person from coming to Israel. A person cannot be called an Ish Milchama until he comes and he wins the battle to come to Eretz Israel. Because coming to Eretz Israel is one of those things which requires suffering, as we know it's one of those three things which can only be received through suffering. And um, it's, it requires a man of strength and valor to get there. And... Um, when Rabbeinu started speaking about Eretz Yisrael, he started this lesson. He said, Rabbeinu said like this, that one who wants to be a Jew, that means, what does it mean to be a Jew? To go from level to level, never to stay in the same place, never to suffice and to say, I'm good where I am. The Jew is constantly trying to move from level to level. And what it means to be a Jew, Rabbeinu says it's impossible to be a Jew, that means to go from level to level, except by means of Eretz Yisrael. When one wins the battle, then he's called a man of war. So, this is a big thing. Rabenu was speaking about this. And Rabenu spoke about the great miniot, the great obstacles that are along the way of this battle, along the way of this war, to get to Eretz Yisrael. And also, Rabenu, Rabbi Natan explains that he was, when he was saying this Torah, he was holding on to his beard with tremendous force. He was pulling it and... Uh, Rabbi Nathan says you can't even really describe this, this image that was happening. But um, there's awesome stuff about this. I'm not going to try to stay in the explanations, but uh, that's enough. So, Bezrat Hashem, God willing, next class we're going to start Torah Chaf Alef and uh, go from level to level, Bezrat Hashem, to be an Ish Yehudi, Bezrat Hashem, we shall have the merit to be true Jews, Bezrat Hashem. As Rabbi once said, um, may I have merit to be a Jew. Um, 
that I merit to be a Jew. You can't even understand this, this koach, to be a Jew, you know what I mean? So, we have this merit. 